Welcome to Crypto Moon Hunters, the only crypto podcast bringing you the latest projects across the industry. Cryptocurrencies discussed in this podcast are highly speculative and ultra high risk. Never invest more than you can comfortably afford to lose. Any information discussed in this podcast should not be considered financial advice and is provided for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. Seriously, these guys are idiots. And now here are your hosts, professionals of buying high and selling low. Welcome to Crypto Moon Hunters. I am Hate Mail. With me today, we have Loot. Hey, guys. And this is our tax episode that we're giving you a whopping <laughs> 14 days if you're in the U.S. on taxes. This will be mostly... Sorry about that. If you're outside the U.S., this probably isn't going to be a good episode for you. However, a lot of the rules worldwide tend to follow the U.S., so it may be coming to you soon, if that's the case. Um, before we get, yeah, I know that the, I know Europe has like their own nuances or whatever, but to be honest, we don't live there. Um, we know nothing about international tax structure. So the only thing I will say about that is that there are some European countries. I know Portugal has extremely lax tax rules, like very attractive tax rules. So if you're a crypto gazillionaire listening to this, um, might be a good destination for you. And also there's a rule we'll get into later about Puerto Rico and their taxes. Um, before we get into the tax portion of the episode, I did want to mention we talked about briefly the executive order that Biden did uh, issuing a commission for crypto. It sounded kind of favorable, then it kind of sounded unfavorable, but it does sound like at the end of six months, they basically want to have rules in place to regulate and tax crypto. It Probably with the in the U.S., there's the midterms happening in November. They're probably going to have a change in party power, and then there'll probably be a lot of back and forth on that. So I doubt it will resolve, but I do think we need some regulation, and I won't be surprised to see if you know we have some as long as they do smart regulation. I don't have a lot of faith government in smart regulation typically, so I'll take that with a grain of salt, but... Yeah, so my personal feeling on on if anything's going to come out of that commission is I I strongly feel like you just said that politically things are going to be different um in, in possibly 6 months. No, not 6 months. It things are going to be different. Yeah. In the future due just due to the political climate. Uh, it's just I feel like you do. Um, and once that happens, I think it's going to take a significant amount of time for regulation to come because I think there's going to be a lot of arguing. Yeah, there's going to be. And, it, and what's kind of funny about crypto and kind of unique to crypto is that there doesn't seem to be a party that prefers it. You know, like there isn't conservatives like it more or Democrats like it more. Um, it's more there's a few people in each party that are strong crypto supporters, especially the ones that are more technology savvy. And then there's the less older people. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's there's a few exceptions, but actually, that's not even true, yeah. because I think Nancy Pelosi is a big crypto connoisseur. I haven't heard that, actually. No, I have. So it does seem like they're... I think she ha I think she buys a lot of crypto. Yeah, I don't think she's a kind of store as much as she owns a lot of Bitcoin. Um, 
I think I read somewhere, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's very, yeah, I probably choose the wrong word. Yeah. I mean, there's the Senator in Wyoming. She's a Republican. She's super, super crypto savvy. She's actually one of the more intelligent crypto people and Ted Cruz of all people. I would never expected him to be a crypto advocate and deeply knowledgeable. And then I, there's, so there's quite a few, um, out there. So yeah, this is going to be there's going to be all kinds of stuff coming down the pike. I think it all, you know, it's funny though. I was listening to a few different and took to a CPA for a long time. He's very crypto savvy about, um, for this episode and his opinion. And I agree with it a lot is that the reason you're seeing this commission go into place. And the reason it's, you know, moving fast is that the U S wants to do their own, um, central bank digital currency. Very possible. Now, they've even outright stated that's what they want. They, they want to have one. China's making their own, which should go online sooner than later. Um, one of the theories behind this that I think makes a lot of sense is that with inflation the way it is and the way the U.S. dollar is losing value and, you know, just currencies around the world have been kind of mismanaged and used <laughs> just terribly. Um, if they created a new CBDC for the U.S., you could kind of basically have a new currency that wouldn't be as inflated. So it's kind of a way to reset. I don't have any faith in government spending responsibly with the new CBDC. So that, but there may be restrictions on how they release more. So it wouldn't be basically like a shit coin. So it wouldn't be diluted. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting theory and I could definitely see that because the theory is, is that, they may not peg it to the U.S. dollar. If they don't peg it to the U.S. dollar, that's definitely the intent. If it's pegged to the U.S. dollar, then, you know, it's not going to matter. But it, it's an interesting theory anyway. Yeah. No, uh, it, it is. So the CBDC could be the new, new world reserve currency. Um, who knows? But so with that, let's get into the tax episode. Um Lude, I know you're working on your taxes currently. You had asked me an interesting question offline. <laughs> but I did, um, just for for all purposes, I didn't do DeFi taxing yet. I've only looked at my centralized exchange taxes. And um, my question for you is, how would, is it possible... Or what would the benefit of showing a $98,000 loss be? <laughs> well, I will say that your crypto taxes that the $98,000 loss, I'm guessing they're showing it based on the money you're moving off crypto.com yeah, to the so, exchange, right, exactly. to DeFi. So that $98,000 loss would actually probably get you, if you got audited, you will probably get charged with tax evasion ouch <laughs> so you may not want to do that um and real quick we are not tax professionals so take everything we say with a grain of salt not financial advice blah 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 but yeah um now there is a couple interesting things i've learned first let me just go through what is taxable on crypto and all right let's hear yeah, it so, let's do so it the the main things buying crypto with cash holding it you're fine. Um, and this is from a variety of websites. Coinbase has a good tax article. There's a lot of different tax companies that have them. Um, you can receive crypto as a gift, just like you can receive money as a gift. 
You can give crypto gifts. It follows the same rules that normal cash has, which is um, you can donate up to $15,000 and you can transfer wallet to wallet with no problem. So that's, you know, not a not an issue at all. Wait, 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 wait. So stop there. So you just said you can transfer wallet to wallet. If you declare it as a gift, the maximum you can move is 15K. Yeah, and that's that's the same way with cash. So you can give a relative $15,000 cash and there's it's not considered a taxable event. Or a friend or whoever. Um, and then the, the, the interesting now, is that per year or is that in one single transaction? That's, I believe it's per year, but don't quote me on that. But <clears throat> I, I don't know that for sure, but I know you can, um, and that works that kind of way with cash. It's one of those things. If, you know, if, if it's a family member or relative, it's a little easier to do more and nobody's really going to say anything. But if you get audited, just remember that they're going to look at every transaction and, if they see a fifteen thousand dollar exchange of hands, then you can say, "Hey, it was a one-time gift." But if you have a, if it, they go to that person and that person says, "Hey, I sold them a good," then you can be charged with tax evasion. Okay. Um, and then the other interesting thing about transferring crypto to yourself is that how do they know it's your wallet? That's that's kind of the the crux of a lot of this, and we'll get to that later. But this is. Yeah, I mean it's it's not having a real owner, right? But because it's not KYC for the all intents and purposes on this. Let's just assume we're using centralized exchanges like Crypto.com, Coinbase, Kraken, etc. Um, so say yes. you were transferring from Crypto.com to Coinbase, that's fine. There's no reporting required for that. Now, where you do get charged, and this works like stocks and bonds, is if you sell cash, sell crypto for cash, that's a taxable event. If you sell at a loss, you can deduct that loss on your taxes. But if you sell at a gain, that's taxable. I think everybody feels fine about that one. That's that's kind of a normal, um, a normal event to happen where you're not, where you're expecting to get taxed. Where it, uh, uh, an area that I don't agree with, and I think a lot of people don't agree with, is it when you convert one crypto to another cryptocurrency, that's where you do get charged as well yeah i think that's a, that's just it's not a good thing but no so yeah. an example is if you use bitcoin and you buy ethereum if you made money on that if you originally purchased the bitcoin at five thousand or i'm sorry thirty thousand and then you bought ethereum with bitcoin when bitcoin's worth forty five thousand you're gonna have a fifteen thousand dollar taxable event because you made that which is a lot. Yeah, it's a whole lot. Um, the other thing is, is if you know, and not a lot of people do this at this point, but you know, it's becoming more prevalent. If you use Bitcoin to buy uh, goods or service, you know, you pay for a taxi with Bitcoin. Then, if you made money off that sale to do the conversion, that's another taxable event. Okay, so let's go in the terms of of spending crypto let's stay on this track for a second so i want to throw a scenario at you okay so i use a crypto.com visa card okay yep i put let's just say i put five thousand dollars into the crypto.com visa card with a coin and just remember if you 
with any coin, with Bitcoin. So I took $5,000 worth of Bitcoin, I put it on to my Crypto.com Visa card, and then I take that card and I buy $5,000 worth of groceries. What am I in for for taxes? So, Because I think this scenario is typical. Um, I think a lot of people that I know personally do what I just said. So what would, ha what would happen there? So that's where it gets ultra confusing. And it depends on the card. So when you load those funds, are they converting the Bitcoin at that point, freezing it to you, at the value? To, uh, no. So it's very... So crypto.com does something even more weird. You put it onto the card. So it takes your Bitcoin and it freezes it, right? You can't access it. The only way you can access is it by spending it. And it doesn't actually do the conversion until you do spend it. And it gets converted to uh, USDC. Okay, so... That's where it's going to make it extra confusing. At time of purchase. That's where it's going to make it extra confusing because your taxable event happens at time of purchase, assuming they don't freeze the dollar amount of the Bitcoin. So if the Bitcoin's worth 45000 say you bought the Bitcoin originally at 30000 again. The Bitcoin's worth 45000 when you buy the pizza or the grocery or whatever you're buying. That portion is taxed at the gains of the difference. And then if, say, a week later you go and buy something else with that $5,000 and Bitcoin has gained or lost a value, your taxable event is the difference between them again. That's very complicated. I don't understand how anyone's so, really going <laughs> to think what I think what Crypto.com does, and I'm just using them as an example because they're super popular. Um, it, it, oh, I know the more... More people that I personally know use the Crypto.com Visa card than the Coinbase Visa card. So that's why, and I just, I don't have experience using the Coinbase Visa card. So that's why I'm only talking about the CDC Visa. So what it does, at least to what I can tell, is it takes the 5,000 and it locks it in at 5,000. Because if you were to go into your balance, it never changes it doesn't fluctuate once it gets topped off. So if you take that 5K in Bitcoin and you put it on the Visa card, it locks it in at $5,000, but it does sell it to USDC at time of purchase. Okay, so they may be... It sounds like it, it's frozen at that point at that dollar amount. So... Yes, it does... Fr it, it has to freeze it because the, the amount that I have in my balance does not go up or down. It stays at whatever the balance is. It almost sounds like... It never fluctuates. It almost sounds like they basically sell it to themselves and hold it there at that value. Okay. So that way for tax, being per tax purposes, you don't have to worry about every single transaction. I could be wrong, but that's what it sounds like to me. So it sounds like they do it a very user-friendly way. Yeah. Okay. That's what it sounds like. Now, I can't speak about Coinbase because I haven't tried it. I do have their card. I just, I'll be honest with you, I didn't love using the Crypto.com Visa card. 
Um, it, it just wasn't as easy to use as I thought it was going to be. There was a lot of limitations. So for now on, personally, instead of doing that methodology, if I want to take $5,000 and put it into anything, I'm just going to transfer it. I'm going to do the conversion that day and I'm going to throw it into my checking account for real. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> the crypto cards right now are a little clunky and the rules, the way they're written today, do not make you want to use crypto because the taxing is so complex. It, it is very complicated. And there's also a lot of like nuances and there are limitations and weird rules when it comes to the crypto debit cards. Yeah. In just using it, like the usability is less than a regular debit card. Yeah, and I, I'm a type of person, I like to just pay for everything on a credit card and then pay that off every month. Me so too. So I actually use a crep, uh, card that pays me in Bitcoin rewards, which I like. So I feel like I'm just kind of getting the both best of both worlds. <coughs> a lot of... Just for, for curiosity, which card is that? That is, and this is not a paid endorsement, but that is BlockFi's credit card. BlockFi... Does it cost money to use the card? No, it's just a regular credit card that pays one and a half percent in Bitcoin. Now, I know there's cards out there that pay like two percent um, or have better points programs. But I figure since you don't get charged fees for buying the Bitcoin and transferring it to your wallet or anything, I feel like it kind of maths out in your favor. Oh, cool. All right. Let's move on then, because this is not a credit card or debit card episode. So the next section is, and these were kind of the taxable as capital gains, things that we were talking about. Now, you can also be taxed as income on crypto for a lot of things that you would never suspect. So, okay, let's hear about first it. First one, easy one. This one makes sense to you. If you work for an employer that pays you in crypto, you're going to get taxed on the income. Makes sense. Everybody kind of assumes that would be. Um, so wait, just stop there. Do you get taxed more? Because it's crypto. No, it, it would be your normal compensate income tax amount that you would earn. But do you have to pay twice? And what I mean by that is you get taxed, you get normal income taxed, and then when you use the crypto, you get taxed well, again. Well, you get taxed on the capital gains. So technically it could be. The answer is yes. If, if see, and that's where if crypto goes up in value then you could get taxed on the capital gains for using it so the dollar doesn't change value in the u.s i mean it changes value in the world but it doesn't technically change value in the u.s so you don't have to worry about the capital gains on it but with crypto it'd be like getting paid in stock you're going to get income tax on that stock right and then you get taxed for selling it so it's same same concept there the other thing you can get taxed on is getting crypto in exchange for goods or services. Same type of thing. If you're trading, you know, if you have, um, let's just say you have a, you know, vehicle and somebody's paying you in crypto, same type of thing. You got to claim that as income. Um, the other one that I think surprises a lot of people and a lot of people I'm sure haven't paid taxes on this. If you do crypto mining, your mined crypto is income. Okay. So, like, for example, I have an app that I mine. It's called PyCoin, which actually my dad told me about, and you mine it every day on your phone. And uh, actually, it seems like it's going to be a pretty good 
coin. That's one I want to do an episode on eventually. I didn't think it was anything. And then as it's growing, it's... You mine it on your phone. Yeah, it costs zero energy to mine. Um, they have an interesting system, and it seems like it's going to be a legit coin. Um, there's 22 million people mining it, so... And... Uh, I think I'm going to start mining it after you tell me how Yeah, I'll to. send you the link. Anyway, it... Uh, so I it doesn't have a value yet because it's not publicly traded, but technically I'm supposed to be paying taxes on it, but I don't know how to pay taxes on it. There's no reports for paying taxes on it. So that that's a whole confusing area. But if you mine a popular coin like Bitcoin that has a stated value, you're going to have to, that's income. Um, the next one is, and this one will throw, this one's so complex and so difficult is Okay, you got your Bitcoin out there or your whatever coin you have, your favorite coin, and you're getting staking rewards. Those staking rewards are treated like mining proceeds. They're taxed based on the value of when you receive them. Now, is that also reflection? Reflections and staking are the same thing. Okay. So for all of all the folks that are in those reflection coins, you just heard... Your reflections are taxable. Yes, that is income. Taxable income. Okay. So it's it's, it's crazy, and I don't even know how you're going to receive that. Um, even such as, you know, say you get crypto, say you have a coin that you own, and they do a hard fork, and then they pay you out in a different amount of crypto. Basically, any crypto you receive for any reason. Even getting airdrops is technically a taxable income tax event. Even if you don't want it. Yeah, even if you don't want it. It's technically, if it has value, that's income. Oh, wow. So, like, the crypto that gets airdropped to my wallet that says it's worth, like, $10 million, even though we know it's scam. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> that... Like, what about that? So that is uh, more complex. And we'll, we'll, let's hold that question because I have some comments on that. Because I, I asked some of these similar questions to the CPA, but it gets into a whole nother topic. We'll get into it in a minute. And then, um, so that portion of it, basically any crypto you receive can be income. And anytime you do a taxable event, which is trading coins, selling coins, or using coins for, to purchase goods or services spending coins is all taxable so you can get taxed to oblivion with crypto the only real that's lovely yeah, the only real way to avoid the taxes and it's kind of easy you get rug pulled and you have a coin that you're going to swap out or trade <laughs> the only part is and this is a question i forgot to ask and i really don't know the answer to is if you get rug pulled your coin becomes worthless but you don't have the ability to sell it you can't sell it if you get robbed. Yeah, you can't sell it, you can't trade it, you can't do anything with it. It's It would have to be a loss. It, But it's technically not a loss on paper. And then the other question, kind of in the same vein, is NFTs. So, all wait, all the rugs that happened to you and I over the last year in 2021? Well, some of them you can't sell, you just sell them for nothing. Yeah, but some of them... It's a honeypot, so you can't yeah. actually sell it. Yeah. So, like, you take the the taxes, it like, you just can't sell it. It doesn't let you. 
No. And that's, that's a part of crypto that there is no answer to. And even very bright people, because I did a little research on it, there isn't a way to report that today. That's probably going to be part of regulation. You know, something that can't, you can list. Yeah. And just so that the listener base knows this, I, a lot of people will disagree with me, but I myself am an advocate of crypto reform in the United States. Yeah, and I, I, I think there does need to be a little bit. I mean, we need clear... The, the amount of money that I have lost over the year is disgusting. And I have no protection from that. Now, there is a lawsuit happening right now. It's done by Tezos. Um, if you've heard of Tezos, it's a crypto company that's pretty popular. One of the executives who's very, very wealthy sued based on a sale he had for $4,000 for crypto. You know, he'd earned $4,000, I think, in reflections. I, I don't remember the exact details. It was a, real, it was a small amount, but in $4,000 to this gentleman is absolutely nothing. But he brought the lawsuit just so that the IRS and the court would be forced to hear the case because it doesn't make sense that you earn $4,000 from staking and you have to pay taxes on it because those are unrealized gains. So that's true. So when when he you know brought an army of lawyers in, the the IRS said, hey, we'll just pay you the $4,000. They tried to just settle it to get it thrown out. Well, he refused to take the $4,000 because he wants it to go to court because if the judge and it's a federal judge rules on it, that will have a cascading effect because they'll use... He wants meaningful change. He wants meaningful change. It sets precedent. So that case probably won't get resolved till close to the end of this year. And that brings to my next topic. Now, note, I am not advocating for this. I'm not a tax advisor, but speaking to a CPA... His personal opinion is that on DeFi, because on when you're on Coinbase and you're on Crypto.com, they're going to send you a 1099 form. Crypto.com is a little weirder. I'm still kind of... Oh, no, no, no. It's very easy to use. I can help you. It's I did mine. It it was extremely painful to, to see the results, but um, I did Well, do I did do that and downloaded it, but I don't agree with the report and the outcome. So, uh, oh, okay. Well, that's different because you really, I only want on there. And the only thing I feel that you should report on crypto.com would be your interest that you've earned from staking and your, or sell and your buys and sells. If you have, you know, if you've, if you've gained or lost, but it also counting, Money transferred to DeFi, et cetera. And where I. So money transfers to DeFi, it considers that a loss. And it shouldn't. That you don't want to. Right. But that, but their application does. Correct. So then that gets into. Which is why I said loss but it, earlier in the conversation. So then you get into DeFi. And DeFi is so complex and so confusing. Now there are sites out there like Coinly. Um, there's a lot, a lot of crypto tax websites that you can plug in your chain and then it will figure out all of your transactions and tell you what you should or should not owe. However, and I thought this was a good idea. 
I was going to purchase one of them. It was 200 bucks. I was going to send a report to my CPA. However, um, I learned and I was pointed to a website called CryptoTaxAudit.com, which they're like one of the most renowned crypto tax experts. If you're a multi-gazillionaire crypto ex- um, purchaser and you get audited by the IRS and you want legal defense for crypto, they're the guys you go to. And they've become pretty well round. Well, according to them, nine out of 10 of the sites tell you something different when you go on to all these different sites. Like They will all give you huge differences. So you plug in your DeFi, and according to them, the IRS says you owe a million dollars, and then the next site will tell you you owe nine million dollars. Well, that's not good. Well, and then, they're in, and this is how they win a lot of their cases, is they t- put the burden of proof on the IRS and say, okay, well, this site says we owe this, this site says they owe this, and then two months later, the same site says they owe something completely different. Which is it? And then the IRS can't usually give a straight answer. So this CPA's opinion is for DeFi, I wouldn't even worry about it. You know, trading. What does that? What does that mean? He's saying I wouldn't. He says I wouldn't it. even file taxes for it. Worst case scenario, you owe nine percent on any crypto gains you had over that period. Really? Because it's too hard to report. Like there's just well, ninety nine percent of my personal wealth in the crypto world is in DeFi. Right, and then his his thought is the only time you should be reporting it is when you're realizing gains, and realizing gains mean you're moving it off DeFi to an exchange and selling it for cash. Yeah, I mean that that would be. I mean, you have to off-ramp it somewhere, right? right? That's when you. Sh- that's when I expect to pay taxes. And that's what the Tezo case most likely will lead to. Now, that is, you know, you are risking, you are, you know, risking penalties and a nine percent cost on, you know, depending on your income level. You and I don't think have enough money for us to be too worried about it. <laughs> you know, we we won't get hit too hard. Um, but it's just right. it's not possible to really do. There's no clear rules. There isn't any like clear uh, software that works perfectly that with confidence. So it's, I, I think that's probably the way to go. That's what I'm probably going to do is just report all of my centralized exchange activity and then see what happens. And if I owe money next year and I have to have my taxes amended, I'd rather do that than pay them too much this year and then try to get money back from the IRS. So I don't know if any of you have ever tried to get money back from the IRS, but when they owe you money, it's very hard to get. They'll always take your money. So I was actually not thinking of reporting my crypto this year because, first of all, the centralized exchanges, they do the report for you don't well they? all of my crypto.com like if, if you bought on robin hood or you bought on um if you bought on what was the other ones um coinbase they they just they do a 1099k form and it's really simple and easy um you just send that form in with to your cpa right the crypto.com is a little more confusing Which reminds me to upload those two documents yeah the crypto.com one there's they said they sent 1099s i got one and it said it no longer is valid which was confusing, um, but you know that's crypto.com. I'm sure many of you use a lot of different ones. If you're using DeFi, you can try to use um, one of the many different 
crypto tax softwares. Just note that they're all mostly different and most of them are probably not super accurate. So, you know, you might want to test a couple of them and see, maybe go with the lowest one. <laughs> That's what I would probably do. But, you know, there's not a lot of CPEs out there that are very crypto savvy. So it's, it, you got to, you're gonna have to really hunt for one if you if you do a lot in crypto. If your crypto transactions are pretty limited, I wouldn't be too concerned. You know, just send your Coinbase report in and call it a day. But if you're a heavy DeFi user, you may just want to wait till next year. Now in 2023, it's a felony not to report your crypto taxes, so be very careful. But I think for the remainder of this year, I want to see kind of how the rules take shape personally. Yeah, I think I'm going to avoid it until next year. And plus, I've already looked at my statements. I, it, it's heavy losses. I mean, there, there's there's no money to be made there. Yeah. And if you lose money, it may help you on your taxes. So you may be more... If you know you've lost horribly, especially in DeFi, may behoove you to <laughs> to report that because you may owe less. I'm, I'm going to owe a ton of money this year. So I'm hoping crypto might actually help. Yeah, no, I didn't make any money on real exchanges and any money that I did make isn't realized. Exactly. That's kind of how mine is too. So it, it's all just there. I mean, it's all in different DeFi wallets and I did really well in some areas. I didn't do so well in others. And overall, actually, I think I may even, I'm either even this year like in like actualities i'm either even or ahead but on paper if you go by like what crypto.com says i'm a massive loss yeah I, I but i wouldn't i would have that i would redo that report and filter out your transfers to exchanges as a loss yeah i i will do that because you don't want to get hit with tax evasion and then also if you're doing the report you want to use the and my preference anyway for crypto reporting would be use the the highest in first out cost basis. Wait, wait, what does that mean? So there's a couple of different ways you can use um, a couple of different versions of report for your gain loss report. So yeah, I saw that and I, I couldn't I didn't understand what it meant. Um, I have to pull it back up to remember what all the choices were, but most people recommend using highest in first out and that means the highest transaction in first out is what they look at first when they look at how you're reported it makes it simpler highest in first yeah. out okay i'll remember and that. I'm sure if you're a tax person listening to this and want to tell us how terrible we did on this let us know <laughs> you're welcome to join us on the show but that's what all of our research has come to we're not experts. We're I mean, not tax people. Next year, my goal is early in the year to have a CPA on the podcast to discuss this. I think that would be very beneficial. Yeah, I think that would be. I think that could be very beneficial to both us and other people. Um, another men thing to mention on NFTs: NFTs are technically reportable, but nobody knows how to tax them. Um, so. So NFTs, just so that we're clear, uh, there's a lot of different types of NFTs. I said the way the tax software looks at it is they look at it just as a trans a blockchain transaction. They can't differentiate that it's an NFT or not. 
None that makes sense. But some F some NFTs are used for staking and some NFTs are just straight up artwork and some NFTs are in-game items. So I mean there's so many different types of NFTs that I think I think there needs to be more actual definition around them for them to be meaningful. What a CPA recommended on a different podcast I listened to when they were talking about NFTs was to handwrite on paper all your NFT transactions, buys and sells, because if you that this is the only way to prove that you bought and sold it on DeFi. And if you ever get in trouble for not reporting large gains and NFTs, that ledger, when it's handwritten, is considered much more it's stronger in law than if you were to just store it on your computer. Which I know sounds crazy. Really? Yeah. Like on an actual pen to paper yep. scenario. Yep. You heard it, folks. Buy some pens. <laughs> just like, what, what, how old school is this? But What's what I just heard? Yeah. Buy some pens and notebooks. So it, taxes and crypto is just unbelievably complex. And... The government really needs, I mean, I, as much as I hate regulation, this needs to be figured out because it's the Wild West with the IRS. You know, they don't, they don't know. They're, it's, uh, they barely know taxes. They're understanding crypto is going to be even worse. And yeah, it's that most of the CPAs don't know. It's, it's a mess. That's fun. Any other things you want to cover real quick before we wrap it up? Um, no, I mean, I, I think we covered it all, right? Centralized exchange we talked about. We talked about DeFi. I mean, I think that covers most of it. And you even talked about getting paid in crypto for income. So I think we're done. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we have a really good guest from a game, crypto game company. It's kind of like a crypto grain platform. So we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto Moon Hunters. If you like the show, consider becoming a Patreon and get special perks. Just go to patreon.com slash crypto moon hunters. You can also tip your host by donating to our wallets. Just see the address in the show notes. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave comments on whatever platform you listen to. 